I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Hey, ladies, I am so excited to introduce to you today my guest, Jamie McLaughlin. Jamie is a self care strategist, a lifestyle coach for moms, and a professional hair and makeup artist whose passion is to help women prioritize self care daily without the mom guilt. She is the founder of The Mac House Co. and the host of the Unfiltered Motherhood Podcast. And today on the Mom Empowered Podcast, we are talking about speaking for your needs as a busy mom, investing in yourself and your self-care, and what it looks like to make more empowered decisions, whether that's regarding your personal growth, uh, how you run and grow your business, and even your finances. Today's conversation was such a raw and vulnerable one, but also with plenty of fun and insightful tips for you as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jamie. All right. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am well. I'm really excited about our conversation because you and I both share a very common passion for moms. Yeah. Um, Helping moms in their mental health, emotional wellness, self-care, all the things. Um, you're a mom, I'm a mom, and I think that both of our, our subject matters intertwine a lot. Yeah. And I wanted to have you on the podcast really to just speak to the mom who's maybe on the verge of burnout right now, Mm -hmm. especially like, because she's doing all the things, maybe she is working a business. Maybe she has a full-time job. Maybe she is a full-time stay at home mom, but that has a lot of things on her plate in and of itself. I know that you are very well versed in speaking on that topic of self-care and you yourself have been in a a season of rediscovering what that looks like for you. Um, If it's okay, I would love to ask you about your recent trips. I know you went on a vacation, you went on a girl's weekend, you got your first tattoo. I did. I did. Yeah. (laughs) And what I thought was so interesting was how, when you shared it, I follow you on social media. And so Mm -hmm. I've been watching, you know, little bits and pieces of what you're sharing. And you shared that those trips really did come at a time when you yourself felt like you may be on the verge of burnout. Yeah. And I want to ask you, like, how did you know? Like, what did that look like to you? How did you know? And what did you gain from those trips and from this, this, this season? Yeah. So there's, gosh, there's so much to unpack here. So I recently went, I booked a trip um, and I'll, I'll kind of get into like how I knew and all the things, but I, um, you know, the past few months, I'll say have just something just shifted in me in knowing, and I call it like my inner knowing or my gut instincts or discernment or whatever you want to call it. Just something has felt off. It's felt not right. And, um, you know, I I have no big complaints. I mean, we've got four kids and, you know, my husband and I have always had, um, a lot of struggles within our marriage just because of the way that we came into our marriage and just like, Oh, we just always have a lot going on. It feels like there's never like a calm season, nor has there ever been since we've been together. It's just been chaos after chaos after chaos. Um, and so I just knew that like, it was beyond the normal level of a big family chaos. And it was, there was, I just had this feeling that something's off and I didn't know what it was. And before I would always overthink it and I would shame myself and I would make myself feel bad. Cause I'm like, you have nothing to complain about. You're, you have four beautiful babies and you've got a marriage and you've got a home and everybody's healthy and you have a job. Like what is there to complain about? Um, And that's how I was like before. And I started just doing, you know, and I always have been like a seeker where I'm like learning and reading and asking questions. And I'm always reading books and I'm always listening to podcasts and just kind of learning about different things. But more recently, I've started to kind of walk into this space where it's like, I need to be kinder to myself, less shaming. It is what it is. Um, I started going to, uh, online therapy, I guess you can call it, or counseling sessions, which was really great. Um, And just helping her kind of validate, like, it is what it is. I have feelings. There's no need to shame it. 
just accept it. Um, and she's been helping me through quite a few things, but I just knew that something was off and I could tell because not only could I feel it, like I literally could just feel that something was off, but I could see it and sense it in my responses. My responses, I was um, less patient. I didn't feel good. I was a lot more exhausted than normal. Um, it just was manifesting kind of in every single area. I was like really nitpicky. I was arguing a lot. I was just irritated a lot. Um, you know, on a personal level, my periods were way worse. I mean, it was just like so many things were just off and I could just feel it. I just felt like funky and gross and not like my normal ups and downs in the month that we all have. It was just like a lot of lows, a lot of frustration, just no patience, just being super unkind in every area. Um, not running my team well. It just was a lot of everything. And one of the things that my counselor and I had worked on was, um, you know, she said that a lot of women in general, um, obviously we take care of everyone around us and that's just kind of in our nature to do that. And she said, but what a lot of women do is, is we um, are always so worried about other people, but we're worried about managing other people's emotions and managing their feelings and managing their perception of us. And it's not that we are trying to be controlling. It's that we are, we don't want them to feel bad. We don't want them to feel stressed out. So like our spouses or, you know, whatever. Um, and mainly our spouses in this specific instance um, is kind of where I'm going with this is, you know, and, and I was just telling her this, my need for like justifying everything. And it comes quite naturally. This is kind of how my mom is. And, and she's like a total justifier and nothing against her, but that's just the way she is. She's like over explains and she's a justifier and wants to make sure everyone's okay all the time. And so it comes very naturally anyway. And I just was getting to this point where I was just over explaining everything. And I felt like I had to have an excuse if I needed to rest, which is funny because this is what I teach, but it was like, it's like this quiet thing that like creeps up on you that you don't even know is happening until it's there. And you're like, what the heck am I doing? I'm just justifying everything and like essentially begging for someone to realize that I have needs too. Um, and so, you know, one thing is she was like, you don't, you don't have to lead with an explanation. What you need is what you need. And that's enough. And so when you communicate that to someone, all you have to say, especially your spouse is, Hey, I need a break. When can we make that happen? And I was like, Oh my God, that feels so weird. Like, that's so awkward. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't like, I don't have to tell him why I need a break. And she's like, no, what do you mean? So it was, this is like weird concept of me kind of working through that. I don't need to justify. I don't need to explain and, you know, I was talking to one of my girlfriends and, you know, she's going through a hard time and we talk literally every day, multiple times a day, all the time. And we were FaceTiming and she lives in another state. And I was like, God, I miss you so much. Like, you know, I just want to be there with you. And she's in the middle of a divorce. And I'm like, I just want to be there with you. And I want to help you decorate your new home. And like, she's been like, I mean, I lived with her when I was a single mom. Like we just are like, we're family. And so it's been hard not supporting her through this and only being on the phone. And so I was sitting here thinking she was, she kind of made a joke and she was like, yeah, you know, th that sucks. <laughs> she did not mean it in a mean way, but she was like, sucks. You have a husband. You have to ask permission. I can go wherever the hell I want. And I was like, wait, hold on. So can I. And I was like, I had like this realization that like, I am a grown woman who's <laughs> like 32 years old with my own business and four children sitting here thinking that I have this limitation on me that I'm not allowed to go somewhere that no one has placed on me. But it's like this, I don't even know where it came from. Like I needed permission or whatever. And I was like, I'm flying out there and I'm, I'm coming. I was like, can you, can I come in two weeks? And she's like, are you serious? Yeah. So I text my husband and I said, Hey, um, I'm going to book a flight. And I'm going to go see my friend and, um, are you able to stay home on Friday and I'll be gone Friday to Sunday. And it was the first time that I had ever just straight up been like, Hey, I'm going on a trip. Does Friday work for you? And he responded. I don't think he knew what to do. Cause he just responded and said, yes, like, yeah, I guess I can be home with the kids. Like, no, he did not. And I was like, holy crap, that was the easiest thing I've ever done. Why is it taking me 10 years to do this? Like, this is crazy. So I literally, while we were on the phone, I booked the flights and that was it. And I'm like, like, I'm an idiot. Like, well, I can't believe that I've literally been, I've had like this 
restriction that I've placed on myself. So that's kind of like the before. Anyway, um, I ended up flying to Phoenix, which is where I'm from. And I told my girlfriend, I said, you know what? I said, I really need this trip to be for me. And I said, and, and I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm coming. You're the only person that knows. Like I have family there. I've got friends there. I've got best friends there. Like all these people that I love so much. And I said, I cannot do one thing out of obligation. Not one thing. I need to know that this weekend is for me. I need to know that this weekend is for us, that we are resting and we are napping and we are eating and we are doing whatever we want, whenever we want without a schedule. So please don't tell anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to post my location, like nothing. So I woke up, you know, Thursday night, had a huge fight with my family, huge fight with my husband. I mean, it was just like an, I just, it like, that was the explosion of like everything that had been building. And I was like, thank God I had booked this because I don't even know what would have happened this weekend. It just was like day after day after day of like the same stress and same misunderstandings and same way of me feeling unappreciated and, you know, not seen and not heard. And like, my needs didn't matter and no one was listening to me and just like all this tension. And I was like, oh my God, get me out of here. And so I left, I woke up that next morning, woke up at, you know, got to the airport at 5 a.m. I text my older kids who are 13 and 10 and just apologized and said, you know what, I love you guys so much. I'm so sorry that, you know, mommy's grumpy and this is my big time out. And I hope that I come back as a nice, refreshed, happy mommy. Um, and I went on the trip and it was the most life-giving, relaxing, soul-loving thing that I could have ever done for myself and I'm going to do it once a quarter, every three months now from here on out. And we, I flew in and we had food and we sat in silence and drank coffee for hours and just talked because we never can, because we always have kids around us. She's got three kids. I've got four. Um, we got up, we got ready. We packed bags. We booked a hotel last minute. We went to a Diamondbacks game, had some beers. We, I got a tattoo, we, which I can talk about more in a little bit. We um, spent the night at the hotel. We slept in. We laid by the pool. We ordered pancakes and mimosas, and we went shopping more, and we went back to the room and took a nap, and we went and had tacos, which were delicious, and we had brunch the next morning and sat by the pool again, and it just was... I just don't know when the last time I've been unscheduled and mm. done something where I was unbothered and no one needed anything from me. And it, I was a different human on that trip. Um, I wrote from my heart and wrote things because I wanted to, not because I had to for work. And I just had this massive, massive, massive shift in me from and on so many levels, which I could talk about for hours. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's so many different things I want to yeah. bring up from that. One thing that stood out to me was you said that like right before you left on the trip, things started to like implode or yeah. explode where like yeah. there was more arguing, you had a big fight and you're right in that it would have been so easy if you hadn't had that trip already bugged and the flight already bugged, like it would have been so easy for you to think that, okay, all of this happening means I have to work harder. Mm -hmm. It means I have to try more. It means yep. I have to be better. Yep. But instead you were like, no, no, no. Like, this is why I'm doing this. This mm -hmm. is telling me something is off and it's yeah. not like I have to run in and fix it, but like I have to meet my needs for a moment here. Because yep. this is a signal that something is not right. Something is not working. And you needed that unscheduled time. You needed that time for self-care. That is so powerful because, mm -hmm. again, a lot of us moms would not jump to that. Right. We would resort to the self-judgment and the shame and the, like, burden of, well, I just need to, you know, pick myself up by my bootstraps and, like, get back to work to fix everything. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Like if, <laughs> yeah. if you were to like put in like a nutshell, what is the one thing you would say to the mom who's listening to that and is thinking, I think I might be there right now. Like, I think I might need that or something like that. What yeah. would you say to her? I would say number one, stop feeling guilty about feeling like crap. You're literally a human. Everyone has these moments you're not faulty. There's nothing wrong with you. 
you're allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to get tired. You're allowed to be exhausted. You're allowed to be hungry and you're allowed to want to break. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean you're a bad wife. It means you're a human, <laughs> like period. You are a human. You need these things. These are basic survival needs that you're not even having met. Like eating, sleeping, drinking, resting. These are basic survival needs that most moms don't meet like these needs don't get met on a daily basis, on a regular basis. We lack sleep. We don't eat. We eat our kids' leftovers. Like our basic, you know, and I talk a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, and what that means is that, you know, he talks about how there's like this basic foundational level of, of needs that we all have, human survival needs. And then they kind of go up to this like pyramid at the tippy top where the top is where you're like actually thriving and you can help other people and all these things, but there's so much in between, but it starts with that basic foundational level of self-care. Most moms aren't even getting that, but yet we're shaming ourselves because we're not waking up and thriving and being the best moms ever and doing this, doing that. Like, hello, like you have to eat, you have to eat. And so I would say, don't shame yourself for having these feelings. Just accept it for what it is. Neutralize that and utilize these feelings as feedback. Um, and so when you start having these feelings of overwhelm, um, being overly emotional, not responding, that is an indication that something is not right. That is an indication that something needs to shift. So what is that shift? And like you said, most women are going to step into, I need to try harder. I need to be a better mom, be a better wife. I need to, you know, read my Bible more. I need to, whatever it is, right? More, more, more. And I challenge you to take the opposite. And I challenge you to run in the direction of rest because it's easier. And I'm going to say it's easier when you're doing it, not the actual decision to make that choice. Um, it's easier on your mind and your body and it's way more fulfilling and you're going to come back more rested and happier and healthier. So I would say, don't shame yourself. Number one, number two, I would say book it. I would say book something, even if it's a local hotel, literally down the street from your house. And I would say book two nights because one night you're going to be like detoxing from the family and you're going to be feeling guilty the whole time. And you're like, oh my God, I'm a bad mom. I'm abandoning my family. But then by this, the next morning you'll be like, okay, okay, I can do this. Like I can do this. I can rest. It's really difficult. It's hard. And it and you have to have like a transition period, but I would say book it. And I would say the third is learn how to advocate for yourself and have assertive communication that is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is I've always advocated for myself, but not in a clear way. I've always known what I've, not always, more recently, have known what I've needed, but being able to communicate that is different than knowing what you need. When you know you need rest, when you know you need a break, there's a lot of guilt in that and, and a big disconnect in that communication and actually getting it. And so we can know that we need a break, but when it comes to asking our spouse or coming to our spouse or asking for help in general, women are not good at it. We suck at it. And so I would say, learn to be assertive and assertive doesn't mean rude. Assertive doesn't mean unkind. Assertive doesn't mean, you know, being nasty. Assertive means that you clearly communicate your needs without all the emotion, without all the garbage, without being disrespectful. And you clearly state your needs and you say, I need a break. What day can we make that happen? Yeah. I need a weekend away. When can we make that happen? Or I saw on our calendar that you have nothing on, or our family has nothing scheduled on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend. I'm going to go ahead and book a trip to go see my girlfriends. Uh, I just want to make sure that you can stay home that day. And it's, and it's not over explaining and it's not justifying and it's not giving a million reasons why, and it's not feeling guilty and it's not feeling bad. And it's taking that step of learning how to advocate for yourself because not only did that weekend serve me well, but it serves my whole family well. And it gave an example to my kids that advocating for your own needs are important and you might disappoint people and that's okay. But the ultimate goal is to be a healthy, happy, whole person. Because when you're healthy and happy and whole, what do you think is going to pour out onto your family? When you're stressed and burnt out, what do you think is going to pour out on your family? You know, you know, everyone knows. It's like that saying, when mom is not happy, no one's happy, right? Like everyone knows when you're not okay. So why would you not want to be okay? And even if that takes a small sacrifice of stepping away, in the long run, don't you think that they're going to have a happier, healthier mom? Don't you think that they're going to have a better experience as your children and your spouse when you are showing up healthy and happy? So 
um, don't be afraid of making those small investments in yourself because not only do you feel the positive repercussions of that, but your whole family does. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned the communication piece. Like, okay, you don't just need to identify mm -hmm. that you have needs. You need to actually take ownership and full responsibility of communicating that. Yeah. You don't have to do it in a mean way. You don't have to do it even like in a needy way. It right. truly can just be as matter of fact as I, I know that I'm on the verge of burnout here mm -hmm. and I don't want to get to that place. So I'm going to go ask a friend if I can spend some time with her or I'm going to go, you know, spend the day taking care of myself, like whatever it is, that communication piece is so vital. Yeah. And I think we neglect that or oh, we just, yeah. we don't, I mean, in a way, like it almost requires some humility combined with confidence to even yeah. go there. Yeah. So thank you for even like breaking that down and diving into that. Now, yeah. I know that like you are a working mom, you mm -hmm. not only, you know, you're a professional hair and makeup artist and have been for some time, but you also run your online business. You're the host of the unfiltered motherhood podcast. And I don't say that lightly because I'm a podcast host and I know the work that goes into that. Yeah. So like that is, that is part of the job. Like that is yeah. a job. So you have a lot of different things going on. Mm -hmm. What would you say has been so insightful for you and your husband in terms of like you being a working mom and you guys having to work together to be sure that everyone's needs are getting met like what what how how has that helped prepare you for better communication i think it's been I, it's it's never been a smooth ride and i'll say that because there's a lot especially with my husband and i personally because there's a lot that goes again like i was saying we've always had um, a hard marriage. We came into our marriage with a lot of trauma. We came into our marriage literally as two train wrecks coming together, wanting this beautiful, smooth ride. And that is not what we got. We had unrealistic expectations going into it. It's been hard. And part of that, I think what people don't understand is a lot of expectations in marriage and parenting when you haven't done the deep work and you haven't been to counseling and you haven't done all that, especially if you get married young or you have kids young is a lot of that is reactive parenting and reactive marriage because you're, you're not being intentional with your marriage and your parenting. You're really reacting and, and parenting from your parents and how they parented you. And, and the, the only idea of marriage and relationships that you have, the only context that you have is essentially maybe your parents or aunts and uncles are kind of like this very limited view of like what marriage and parenting should look like. And so oftentimes when people go into parenting and marriage, they either step into parenting or marriage the exact way their parents did or the exact opposite. And I find that there's not a lot of middle ground until you've done the work, until you've gone to counseling. And so with my husband, he has not done a lot of the work, which has been one of our struggles in our marriage. And so he is like on the total opposite side of the way his parents parented. And so, you know, his parents divorced when he was young. And obviously that's a lot of trauma. And his mom was a single mom and she was a very, very hard worker. And, you know, she was gone a lot, which no fault to her. Like she did what she had to do. She was a great mom, nothing negative about that. Like she did what she had to do. She took care of her kids, you know, the way that she needed to, which is wonderful, but it was a lot of alone time for him and his daughter, him and his sister. Me on the flip side, my parents did divorce, but they, my dad lived eight houses down from me. I had a stepdad. I had a lot of siblings. I had people around all the time. My mom was a full-time stay-at-home mom, so she was always around. And so for me, initially when I went into parenting, that's kind of what I thought it should look like of me sacrificing myself at the altar of motherhood, giving everything I have, being home, bailing my kids out all the time, being with them all the time, throwing every party perfectly like my mom did, you know, like just like being there for every single thing. And him kind of was the total opposite of his parents where he was like, well, I know what it's like to not have parents around. So I'm also going to smother my kids. And I'm also going to be up my kids, butt all the time about every single thing. And mine as well. Like he just has no sense of like breaks. Like he has to be with us all the time. So there's a lot of things that play into our marriage personally. So I'm going to preface with that. So it has always been a struggle with me being a working parent. It has never, ever, ever been easy. And there is this like trauma bond, I will say with my husband and I, 
which is really hard because in his mind, all he sees with me is I'm just his wife and I'm just their mom. And so it has been a work in progress to undo what I thought I knew about parenting from my parents while also trying to undo his expectations of me as a mom. And it has been a lot of like hard work of counseling, reading, therapy, books, journaling, crying, fights, all of those things to get to the point where I have stepped out of this people-pleasing perfectionism um, way of living to this place of freedom, which is my tattoo, which I can talk about next if you'd like. Um, This place of freedom where I feel like I have finally broken free from trying to make people view me a certain way and trying to please everyone around me and stepping into who I actually am and what fills me up and what I love doing and what I get excited about doing and where I want to spend my time and where I want to spend my money and when I want to go on trips and still also take care of my husband, my kids and be fully present when I'm with them. And it is possible to have both. And, and it, and it is hard because I know that a lot of women are in this position where they think that they have to sacrifice everything and be with their kids all the time to be a good mom. And they think that, you know, and that's just not true healthy balance, like anything of too much is not good. And so it has always been a struggle to find that balance. And I feel like I am finally stepping into that place where my family is respecting the fact that I have a job, a lot of jobs. (laughs) Um, I run a full-time business. I have teams under me. I'm doing incredible partnerships, you know, and this is a conversation that me and my husband have had to have many times where I'm like, I'm not just running and no shame to anyone who's doing this, but I'm not just running a little itty bitty Etsy side hustle where I'm making like 200 bucks a month selling headbands for babies. Like I'm running an actual freaking business. I have a podcast with like a hundred thousand like I, like people are listening to me. They're watching me. I have followers. I have people on my list. Like I'm doing big things and you guys as a family need to stop treating me as if my work is not important because it is. And part of that responsibility is on them, but a lot of the responsibility is on me because part of setting boundaries and setting expectations is following through with that and, and showing your family what that means. And there were so many times that I didn't follow through on things that I would say or boundaries that I would have because of that guilt, because I was like, well, maybe I was being too harsh. Well, maybe, maybe I can do the, and it was like, no, no, I need to start being authentic to me exactly who I am as I am knowing I still have room for progress, but also knowing that I love working. I don't want to be a full-time stay at home mom. Some women do. I don't. And that's okay. And it doesn't make me any less. It doesn't make me anything. It makes me me. I love my children fiercely. I will do anything for them, but I also love my job. I also love my independence. I also love my alone time. I love reading. I love learning. I love therapy. I love rock music. I love punk rock. Like I love so many things. And, and I, I shut those things out for so many years because I thought that I would look like a better mom or I would feel like a better mom or people would view me as a better mom. And now I just don't care because I know I'm a good mom. And I know I'm a good wife and I know I'm a great business owner and I've stepped in this, into this place of, um, it it doesn't really matter what my husband thinks of me as a parent. It doesn't really matter if he wants me to, whatever he wants me to be at the end of the day, we will never have a happy, healthy marriage or family. If I am trying to be what he wants me to be rather than being who I am, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really big about here in my mom empowered community is helping moms make empowered decisions for themselves regarding like how they pursue their callings and their purpose, whether or not they want to work. Like, is that something that's on their heart? Um, How they spend their time, how they speak for their needs, but also how they spend their money. And I know money is like a touchy subject, Mm -hmm. but I have no doubt in my mind that you have almost definitely like had to grow in confidence of, no, no, no. Like I have a say 
in where Mm -hmm. money gets spent. I have a say in how I use money for myself as well. I mean, as a business owner, like you are contributing to the income, but you also are responsible for investing back in that business. You know, like I know that that's a key element of entrepreneurship. You invest back, you have to invest in yourself. You have to, Mm -hmm. you have to know how to allocate your resources, even if it doesn't make full sense to your partner. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, tell me what you've learned these past couple of years about being empowered in what you do with your money. Yes. I love that you asked that because, <laughs> um, obviously our finances as a husband and wife are together. I say, obviously not everyone's finances are that way. Again, whatever I say, I'm not, I don't care what anyone else does. I'm not shaming anyone. The way that we do our finances is our we, we know what's coming in. We know what's going out. We have the same account. We see it all. It is what it is. Right. And, and there's, you know, we finally are in a really good place with that. It's always been really difficult. Um, with business money is very different and it was very difficult to set this boundary because in my mind, again, I was going back to like, well, I need to be a good wife. I need to be a Christian wife. I need to be a biblical wife. Like we share everything. Everything is together. He know, you know, all the things he knows all the things I don't, not that I'm asking him permission when I make an investment in my business, but it's more of just like open communication. Hey, this is where this money is going. And, and that's kind of how I function at the beginning. And, um, there was a time where my husband actually quit his full-time job and he was a full-time stay-at-home parent for a year and a half. And I was the full-time breadwinner. And there's been a few times in our relationship where I was. And so we've, we kind of are like ebb and flow with like, well, what makes the most sense? Like, I don't care who you are, who I am, what makes the most sense right now? And so like at the beginning of our relationship, I worked full-time and then he worked full-time and I had babies and then, you know, it's just been like back and forth. And so for a year and a half, he was a full-time stay-at-home parent. And we had had this amazing idea. One of my girlfriends, they were doing it and they were doing it so well. And, you know, she was a full-time breadwinner and he, he was home with the kids and, and he would help with the business and all these things. So I'm like, well, my husband is really good with numbers and he's really good with spreadsheets and how cool would it be? He could be my numbers guy and my finance guy and he can do all the profit and loss sheets and all that stuff. That worked about a month before I was like, oh my God, I hate you. Like I couldn't do it. It was a hard no he would come to me and he'd be like, okay, looking at the profit and loss, like it looks like you spent $200 on a train. Like, what was that for? And I was like, oh my God, ew, I can't do this. Like, this is not going to work well for me. And he is, there's different types of people. There are entrepreneurs and there are people that work for people. Um, I am the entrepreneur. He works for people. He is a rule follower. I am not. And so Obviously, there's lots of differences in our personality, differences in our brain, differences in the way we function, but he just didn't understand the concept. Like in his mind, 100% of the money came in, went into our bank account where I'm like, no, bro, like that's not how it works at all. Just because I get, you know, this much money coming in doesn't mean that's what goes into our bank accounts. Like I have expenses, I have future expenses, I have taxes, I've got all these different things. And like you said, I have to invest in my business and in my skills. And so it would be, he would be like a hundred dollars for your website or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, bro, like mm-mm, this isn't going to work. So after that lovely experience of us fighting and me being like, oh my gosh, you're annoying. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're cut off. You can't see my business bank account anymore. And you don't get to see or hear what I spend my money and how I spend my money. This is mine. This is my business. We have different brains. Um, you know, anything that comes into our, our checking account, our paycheck, you have a say in bro, like you're good. My account for my business, you know, nothing about what I do on a daily basis. You don't understand. And it's almost like, it's, it's almost like I was asking an obese person for, advice on how to work out at the gym and lose weight. Right. And I, again, no shame in that, but like, that doesn't really make sense. Like they don't understand it. They're not doing that. They're, that's not their expertise. Like, wouldn't you ask a fitness expert how to be a fitness expert or how to work out in the gym? Right. And so it was the same thing. I was asking him advice and asking him to understand and kind of validate and support my decisions when he had no comprehension of business of what it's like. And so it just didn't make sense. And so now I've been able to set that boundary of business money is business money. And that's mine and my team's business and family money and finance that's up for negotiation and we can engage in those conversations, but anything businesses, that's a hard no. And then we kind of have this, this expectation of as long as 
bills are paid and um, money's going into savings and all the places that it needs to go, I don't give a crap what you spend your money on or our money. And I, you shouldn't care what I spend our money on either. Our, if our needs are taken care of and our finances are good, like he could come home with a TV and I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> I couldn't care less. And I, that has been hard for him because he's not the same. He is very much like, oh my gosh. Like, like I remember I bought, you know, the nugget comforts. Have you seen those? Okay. Yes. we have. I had, oh my God, they're amazing. Right. I had wanted one for like a year and a half and I'm like, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. Finally, there was like a sale and I'm like, oh, I'm getting it. My kids are going to love it, which they use every single day all the time. Like it's been one of the best purchases. So he saw, he was like $250 on a, on a pillow. And he was so upset and he's like, anything above this amount, we need to have a conversation. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not about that. That's not going to work for me. I'm not a child and I'm not going to be treated as one, you know, it's, that's not going to work. So we need to just have the expectation that if all is taken care of and our bills are paid for and our money, that's free money. We can do what we want with it. You don't need to ask me for permission. I don't need to ask you. Like we are not each other's keepers. We are both free human beings and we need to love and respect that and appreciate that. So that's kind of where we're at now where as long as things are taken care of, we can swipe for whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I can only imagine that there are moms listening today who feel like they've been just waiting for mm -hmm. permission to make those kinds of decisions for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'll never forget a couple of years ago. Um, my husband and I, we used to get in a lot of money fights mm -hmm. because there was a lot of money anxiety yeah. and he would get to the point where he would snap over. I bought the more expensive loaf of bread that to him was like unfathomable. Like, why would you, why would you go for the, the yeah. nicer bread? And I'm like, Oh, I like the little seeds they put on the crust and it yeah. didn't compute to him. Yeah. But I also remember he used to like visibly shake over the topic of credit cards mm. and debt because that was a very big, like, no, no, that he grew up with. And I kind of was like, for a while I went along with it too. I'm like, yeah, I agree. That that's, a, that's no good. Yeah. We're not going to do that. But when you start a business and mm -hmm. it, like, I'm, I'm especially sharing this for the entrepreneurs who are listening, because I know that there are a lot of moms who are working on building businesses. And I think mm -hmm. that we need to have very upfront, direct conversations about yep. what that looks like. Mm -hmm. What kind of decisions do you need to make there? Um, I remember when I first started making like my first investments in myself, we had to cut to the chase of credit's going to be involved here. Like yeah. debt is going to be involved here. Doesn't mean yeah. we're going to be in debt forever, but like if I'm going to get where I believe I'm going to go, mm -hmm. then we need to be like on the same page or you need to just look the other way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like just yeah. don't say anything. Yeah. Now we're at the point where my husband has zero money anxiety. And I yeah. say that because again, went from visibly shaking, yeah. so angry, couldn't even fathom this to yeah. him being like, oh, you want to spend $25,000? Yeah. Okay. I'm on the same page. We're going to figure yeah. it out. Like that's a very powerful transition, Yes, but it only comes because you communicate with confidence. You learn how to set boundaries. You know yourself and understand where you're going. Like all yeah. of those things, like that's such a powerful journey to go on. Yeah. And I, I so see from what you're sharing, how like you've had to go on that journey. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, it's like a journey of recognizing who you are, but also what your worth and your value is mm -hmm. and like your power and authority as a yeah. woman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's a lot of, and it's, you know, there's money is a hard thing and people don't understand that there is money trauma. There are. Absolutely. There's money trauma and there are, you know, I have it from being a single mom before me and my husband got married. I was broke. I've had a car repossessed. Like there's just a lot. He obviously has his own experience with money. And I think one thing is you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said boundaries. Boundaries are a really, really, really hard thing, especially in marriage. I feel like boundaries are hard in general. Boundaries are hard to put in place because there's a lot of fear of disappointment and fear of upsetting people. Not, but it's, it's even harder within marriage because there's this, there's a lot of gray areas of making sure that your boundaries are, you know, obviously still respecting your partner and, you know, the, the same goal and vision that you have and all that, but also boundaries for you yourself as an individual, because we have to understand that within our marriages, 
we still are two individuals. And while we can function together as a unit towards our goal, we still are two different humans. We still have different upbringings, different thoughts, different beliefs, different ideas, different, we've processed things differently and that's okay. And I think a lot of times when we get married, we think we have to think the same way. We have to believe hundred percent of the same things. We have to do the same things. We have to be on the same page in every single area. And I think one, a lot of marriages would uh, experience more freedom and a lot of burdens would be lifted if we could just look at each other and accept that we're different and that's okay. And we're going to do things differently and that's okay. And these are the boundaries that we have to set within our marriage of, Hey, these are the hard no's, right? Like these are the things that we're just not going to do. These are the things, the gray areas where it's like, well, you can do that, but I don't want to. And obviously I'm not talking about like moral things. This is like little details, little decisions, right? Like for me, I'm a big self-care advocate. My husband sucks at self-care, right? But that's his choice. That that's up to him. He had like, I'm not, I can't control him. I take breaks. I go see friends. I go on trips. I, I do. He doesn't. And he still very much so is like in that survival mode and like still kind of coming off of like his parents and all that stuff. That's his journey. That's not for me to decide. That's for him to decide. But the same goes with money. And I think oftentimes, number one, if you're a full-time stay-at-home parent and you don't bring in money, there's a lot of guilt because it's like, well, I don't contribute and I don't bring in any money. Therefore, he should have all to say about money. And that's not correct because um, income isn't hierarchy. Just because he makes an income doesn't mean his needs are more important than yours. Just because he's the one that makes the income doesn't mean that you can't spend money. Because if you were to, God forbid, pass away, how much would that man have to pay to replace your butt? He would have to pay for, Jesus, probably everything, right? A freaking chef, Instacart nonstop. He wouldn't even probably know how to order groceries. He would need a house cleaner. He would need a full-time nanny. He, like, he would need so freaking much. Your worth is so much more than a freaking paycheck. And moms need to understand their value and their worth. And when you know your value and your worth, that guilt goes away. When you know how much you are worth, and I don't mean a dollar, I mean like, I do bring a lot to the table. I might not bring a paycheck, but holy crap, I do a lot of stuff and that is worth a lot. When you know that value and that worth, those hard conversations get a lot easier because you have that inner confidence of like, mm, I know what I bring to the table. I know what you bring to the table. We are both equal in this and I deserve a, a, a budget line on, line on the budget sheet just like you do, bro. Like we're good. <laughs> and so that, that inner confidence comes. And then when it comes to business, same thing. It's very difficult blurring those lines of like, finances and is it separate and is it together and is it biblical or is it not like what it is what it is like what works for you and I think that people need to really just listen to their bodies like your mind and your body are so freaking smart they tell you you have so many indicators of what's off what's right what's wrong and you we as women as humans need to stop denying this inner knowing that we have for the sake of pleasing people, making people feel more comfortable, making it look a certain way, making it feel a certain way forever. No. If you know something's off, it's off. Say something. Mm -hmm. Don't be so fearful of saying that doesn't work for me. This is why. How can we problem solve? I don't really like that. What else can we do? What can we do differently? That doesn't feel right to me. How can we change that? I'd like more money a month. If we don't have it in our budget, I'm going to go ahead and get a side hustle because I do want to spend money on myself. I do like shopping. I do want to go out for brunch with my girlfriends once a, once a month or whatever the heck you want to do. What you want to do, it's there. It's there for a reason. So listen to it, respect it. And again, set that example for your husband, your kids, your friends, your mom, whoever around you. Um, but money is hard. Money is a very, very, very difficult thing. And I think it all comes back to two things, boundaries and learning how to advocate for yourself. And I guess a third thing is knowing, using that instinct that we have and trusting it because nine times out of 10, it's right. And going with what it's telling you. Thank you for breaking that down. And, and just for whoever's listening, what is the one thing you would say to 
let's say the mom who maybe she is like what you described. She's a full-time stay-at-home mom. She's not currently contributing. What would you say to her to just give her that extra boost of courage to go, go hire a counselor, go pursue counseling or go hire a life coach or go start a business? Like, what would you say to her? Who's like trying to even just make that first step of saying, I don't know where the money's going to come from, but I need this. I say, just do it. Just do it. Money comes and goes. You're going to have seasons where you have money and you're going to have seasons where you don't. And there's, it is what it is. And money is a tool. And when you remove the emotion from it and the attachment and the trauma from it, money's going to come in your account. It's going to flow in, it's going to flow out. And I can't even tell you how many times I've, I'm not even going to say wasted money because it's not been wasted. I have allowed a lot of money to pass through our account. Um, from different business opportunities to different counseling sessions to different things that I thought would solve a problem and it didn't. And here's the thing. I think that people think that when you start a business, you put money in and it's like, oh, I'm going to start this business and it's perfect and it's going to be good. No, you might start five businesses before you get to the business that you're actually supposed to yeah. do. You most likely will. Almost 100%, definitely you right. will pivot and learn very quickly, yes. oh, that's not the right direction. Yes. You need to normalize wasting money because it's not wasting money. It's getting you closer to where you're supposed to be. Normalize wasting money on books and organizational hacks that don't work and you know, whatever I'm again, I'm like that seeker where I have to try things to see if it like, I'm like a feeler, right? Like I know when something's right and I know when it's not right. I can't even tell you how many times I've switched our rooms around in our house. My husband hates it, but I'm like, I got to feel the flow. Like it's not flowing. Something's not right. I buy new furniture. I sell the furniture. I switch the rooms around and he's like, Oh my God, like you're, you're, doing it again. I'm like, mm-hmm. and like, I have to feel it. it has to feel good. It has to feel right for me. I have, I have, I don't know how to say it. That's not not like not in a bad way, but like I've pissed so much money away and I don't feel bad about it at all because it's not been wasted. It's gotten me to this point where things are starting to flow. We're in a good rhythm. Like I know where I like to spend my money. I know where I don't want to spend my money. I've gone through a lot of different counselors. I've gone through a lot of, you know, a few life coaches. I've gone through a different few different business coaches. I paid one business coach two grand a month for four months and didn't even have time to work on my business. And I was like barely surviving. And I was like, okay, well, that's not working. So let's switch. And then I paid a bunch of money to go to Austin to go to this mastermind thing. And I was like, well, that was cool, but it kind of wasn't really what I wanted. And then I went into this other program that was like a grand a month. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm at. Like, this is what I needed. And so I've spent a lot of money, like kind of just shifting. Is this right? Is that right? Is this right? And so knowing and having that freedom of the first thing you do is probably not going to be the thing that you need. And that's okay. And you've got to get, you and your partner have to just get used to that, um, of releasing that anxiety and just doing it. And if you don't have the money, I think there's, I think there's this shift in your mindset that you have to have of, I don't, I can't afford this to how can I afford this? Mm. And that is a big shift that you have to have in order to actually take a step in that direction. So that limited mindset is going to be, oh, I can't afford counseling. And then you're stuck. And that gets you nowhere. Whereas you can flip and you can say, well, how can I afford counseling every week? Because I need it. Yeah. And exercise that resourcefulness muscle that I know all of us women have. We just might not be utilizing Mm -hmm. it. Especially when you're, like you mentioned, like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you are living so much in survival mode, just really living from like that primal brain where you're focused on feeling secure, feeling safe, fighting for control, all those things, it is harder to grow in resourcefulness, to use your creativity and your problem solving skills to further yourself and to get where you want to be, you know, to move beyond that bottom line of the pyramid. But it is so worth it to just even just take the little steps. If it is booking that one appointment, 
You mm-hmm. just won even. Mm-hmm. Just go and see what comes of it. If you need to look around the house, I mean, I do this all the time. I literally walk around the house and I'm like, that's going on Facebook Marketplace. That's yep. going to guess another $20. Here's 30 right here. Oh, dang, that's $400. I didn't even yep. realize that we weren't even using that and it's sitting in the garage. Like we need to normalize problem solving in a really creative way. But I think mm-hmm. that does go back to what you said earlier of like getting out of like meeting those basic needs so you can get out of the constant survival mode that stifles yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I would say that when it comes to learning how to, to take care of yourself, it, you know, and I teach a class and I'll um, give you the link to share with them. And it's, it's a free class and it is how to take care of yourself daily as a mom without the mom guilt. And I talk all about that specifically, that you know, I talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and the kind of the, the way that you need to start in order to get to that top. But what people don't understand is like 60, 70% of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're deficit needs, which means that you're in the deficit, you're in the negative until those needs are met you. And then the next top half is growth. People have the expectation that they can grow and they can run businesses and they can be these amazing parents but yet they're not even taking care of those deficit needs. And, and, and they're just not comprehending that you literally cannot grow without these things being taken care of. And just like you said, we're stuck in this primal brain of survival and it's very hard. That is a hard leap because our brains are primal. They are meant to just survive. And so it takes a lot of work to shift and like rewire your brain from survival mode into that growth mode. And so I'm in that growth section because I have spent the past freak, I don't even know how many years being in that deficit of having so many deficits. And it was like little by little by little. And for me, like it, I started by just getting ready every day. Let me just get ready every day, even when I don't want to. And I don't even do it now because now I have so much freedom in like, I actually don't care. And I'm not a victim. It's a choice of me not getting ready versus me. I can't get ready because I don't have the time, the money or the energy. So big difference there. But, um, I started getting ready and then I was like, okay, well now I'm going to implement these little habits and then I'm going to implement these little habits. And you just like gain that momentum. So you like keep continuing up that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, until you get to the point where you do have the confidence, like I do to say, you know, Hey, I need this, or I'm going to spend money on this, or I'm going to go on this trip. And so it's not an overnight thing. And it's also not something that you have to dump a ton of money in from the get go. There are layers and there are levels to it. If you don't even have those foundational daily habits of taking care of yourself, um, you're not going to be able to do a lot of the deep work because you're just going right back into the same atmosphere that sucks the life out of you anyway. So you've really got to get those like daily habits in and that's free. It doesn't cost you anything to wake up and get yourself ready every day. It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, I guess technically groceries, but to make sure that you're fed, it doesn't cost you anything to drink water all day. It doesn't cost you anything to sleep at night. And if you can't sleep all night to take a nap during the day. Like, why do we feel guilty for taking a freaking nap for resting? Like that's freaking bonkers. Like, no, I'm going to go ahead and lay down for the next hour and a half because I can, and I should. And because it's productive because the second half of my day is going to be so much better because I'm rested. Um, and so kind of just taking those little baby steps and like habit stacking and just continuing to stack those good, healthy habits until you're at the point where you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to go to counseling. Hell yeah. I'm going to do that. And I have the time and I have the energy for it. And I don't care what anyone thinks, right? And so it might be something that you have to like inch your way towards, but you just have to start. You have to start somewhere. And oftentimes I find that women are like, holy crap. Like after I hear a conversation like this, I realize how far I have to, have to go. Like I'm at this place where I'm burnt out, overwhelmed, have no boundaries. Can't, I'm not an assertive communicator. I don't know how to communicate my needs. I've been abandoning my needs and wants and desires my whole life. How do I do that? And then they're overwhelmed again because they're like, oh my God, I have so, so far to go. And one thing I would say is, and, and it's this quote, actually the one good quote my dad has ever given me is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like literally (laughs) one bite at a time. The only thing you can do is one bite at a time. 
So just start. You just start. You start somewhere. You start with, hey, you know what? And this is why I say start by getting ready every day because it's a quick win. Is it going to solve all your problems? No. But is it going to give you momentum? Yeah, it is. It's going to give you a ton of momentum and then you're going to have more energy to do something else. And then you're, and then this is this snowball effect or this domino effect in taking care of yourself in way bigger ways. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners who are like, okay, I need to start there. Like that's my baseline right now. What can you tell them about the work that you do and what you have to offer them? Yeah. So I have that web class that I was talking about, and this is a free web class that anyone can access. You can go to unfrumpyourself.com and, um, you'll get access to this free class. I think it's like an hour and a half. So like have your husband, that's your first step. Say, Hey, I'm watching a master class online. You've got the kids, grab your wine, your coffee and sit and take notes and listen hard because I go really deep into like the science behind why it actually matters if you get ready or not. And it sounds so crazy because I like we do deep work in my courses. Um, but we talk all about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we talk about why it matters and how not taking care of yourself is not serving anyone well. And we give you tips and tricks and, and how to do that and what that looks like. So that, that web class is, um, you know, how to take care of yourself every day without the mom guilt. And then I have a course called the confident mom method. And what that is, is it's kind of taking you to that foundational level of getting yourself ready every day. And there's a lot of reasons why women don't get ready, right? A lot of times it's, it's those excuses of, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I'm just staying home. No one sees me anyway. And I really get you out of that thinking and out of that like guilt, shame trap and into understanding why it matters what you wear, why it matters what you get ready. And then I, I actually go through and I have a method where I teach you, we, we ditch the guilt first. That's like, mindset is huge. And then the second step is I teach you the five minute face. Super easy, super simple. We're just going to do a five minute face. And then I've got the 10 minute face. And essentially this whole makeup section is everything I know as a hair and makeup artist. Cause I did that for 14 years. I put in this course. So like every product you'd want to know about how to choose a foundation, how to apply like everything. It's like full on like beauty school for a regular human. And then the next step is getting into a thoughtless hair routine, which I love because I hate doing my hair. I hate it. I have the thickest hair. I've got four kids. I don't want to wear a top knot, but I also don't want to wash my hair every day. And so I teach how to get in a, literally a thoughtless hair routine where it's a seven day hair care routine, super easy, teaches you how to touch up in five minutes. So essentially I'm getting you guys in like a habit of getting ready in like five to 10 minutes every day. And then the last kind of step of this method is simplifying your wardrobe and your style. Oftentimes women are like in this place where they're like, well, I'm not going to buy clothes until I'm this weight, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm postpartum, or there's all these different excuses, or we buy a bunch of crap, but then it sits in our closet and we don't actually wear it. And so I literally walk you through like organizing your closet, simplifying it, going back to the basics, how to put these outfits together, all of that. And then like, setting your outfits up like you do your kids the night before and <laughs> like really simple habits because I'm telling you right now if my outfit is not laid out I'm not getting dressed that day like I'm not I'm not doing it if it takes thought in the morning because I am not a human in the morning like it takes me hours to wake up if it is not laid out I will not get dressed that is that is like me and um I so I teach all of that. I start to finish the confident mom method and it just gets you in that first level of pushing that first domino over of learning how to get yourself ready easily, effectively, stress-free, simply where you actually feel good and you feel confident. And then you can start taking those bigger steps into becoming healthy and happy mentally, emotionally, physically, and kind of doing the deeper work. Yes. Thank you for offering these things because I don't think women realize that this is where it often has to start. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like we all have like these like far reaching goals and we, you know, we, we have these ideas of how we want to grow and what we want to do, but sometimes it really is the simplest things like mm -hmm. getting a very simple makeup routine, knowing yeah. how to get yourself ready, yeah. getting out of the rut of not liking what you're wearing. 
and like not standing in front of your closet for 10 minutes in tears because you're not happy. You're not looking forward to getting yourself right. Like those are such foundational steps Mm -hmm. to becoming a more empowered mom who does amazing things and is able to grow and is able to advocate for herself. So thank you for offering these things. Thank Mm -hmm. you for spending the time putting all of that knowledge and that experience and that passion into such a well thought out course and program. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, where can our listeners find you to connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram, which is the Mac house co. And then our website is Mac house co. And, um, you can go to unfrumpyourself.com to get that, um, masterclass access to that free masterclass. And, um, you can just Google Jamie McLaughlin or the unfiltered motherhood podcast. We're kind of all around. So, um, you can find us all over the internet. And, um, I also have a, on my website, if you go to MacHouseCo.com, you can find, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a free seven day hair care routine. So you can actually get that for free. Um, And so it's a whole big PDF and it explains the hair care routine and how to do it and how to implement it and what to do on what day. So it's super easy. Um, And so there's that too. So if you're at that place where you're like, I want to start somewhere, but I don't know where I've got those two free resources, the class and the PDF for you. So jump, jump in there. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart, sharing your expertise um, and being so vulnerable about your journey and how you are where you are today. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners will too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. 